0: Welcome to the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast, and a good afternoon. It's Wednesday. No, wait. It's Thursday. The Pirates are off today after getting swept in a doubleheader yesterday. (sighs) You know, just to get off topic a little bit. By the way, it's pretty muggy out here on the deck. Um, It rained for like three days, and I was thinking it was going to be cooler, you know, later in the season up here on the mountain near Scranton, Pennsylvania, but it's not that cool. Uh, Shout out to Three Rivers Apparel. Uh, Three Rivers Apparel um, They are on Twitter at, at Three Rivers Apparel No spaces um, They have a lot of cool Pittsburgh Pirates shirts Steelers shirts Pittsburgh shirts, Heinz shirts Stuff like that um, A lot of that type of merch And uh, they have been sending me free shit And I've been you know, Mentioning them on the podcast I mean we're commercial free on this podcast I don't do it for money But I do like t shirts, you know, and these guys have good quality t shirts that they've been sending me uh, in exchange for just mentioning their name and retweeting them and stuff like that. So it's worked out pretty well. Uh, Let's see. The sweep. Uh, I believe the Pirates were outscored 15 to 1 yesterday over the two games. Uh, One of the games was 10 to nothing. So it's another one of those. double-digit things they're going for some sort of record for most double-digit losses in a season and a couple of them have been shutouts like 21 to nothing Um, and they they have been shut out quite a bit they were shut out the first game of the year I remember and they've been shut out quite a bit since so the lineup has not been spectacular I didn't expect it to be spectacular Um, I had mentioned this at the beginning of the year That this might be the worst Pittsburgh Pirates lineup of all time And a couple of the guys actually did a little better than I thought But it's actually, I guess Yoshi did a little worse than I thought And um, who was that that did a little better? Um, The big fella, Vogelbach, who is on the Mets right now And he's kind of slumping right now I mean, he's kind of settled into his normal 210 batting average um, he, he was doing a little better With the Pittsburgh Pirates Especially just before they traded him But they didn't really get anything for him I mean, out of the guys we got These flip things are pretty much worthless You know The guys we got on the flip um, Last year for Anderson You know, none of those guys were any good um, We flipped somebody else last year The guys we got back Weren't any good And then this year's flip, guys. I know we got Oviedo, who's terrible. You know, he was a guy that the Cardinals were looking to get rid of because he just wasn't a good enough pitcher for the Cardinals. But he's seemingly a good enough pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, We got a double-A first baseman who he might be, you know, a guy you could throw out there at first base. But what his stats really remind me of is like a Colin Moran. So I guess that's what we'd be doing is replacing Colin Moran with Colin Moran. And I don't see that as an upgrade, you know. Um, the last first baseman we had was Moran um, because Yoshi didn't work out. And this guy seems to be like Colin Moran too. Um, we also got a, uh, a pitcher that pitched to a 7 ERA and then he went down for season-ending surgery. Um, I can't even remember that dude's name because so many guys just come in and out of this roster. We added two more scrap heap guys just in the last couple of days. And, you know, I'm sort of branded now amongst a lot of the people on Twitter as like an enemy of the state, you know, um, just because I'm I've gone from sarcastic about the pirates to just really laying into them, you know. Because when I first started this podcast I had been a fan Back in 2012, 2013, 2014 Started in like 2010 You know Uh, But in any case I I had overrated um, What the Pirates were going to try to do You know Like I had I had um, What do you say I guess I had discounted too much What they were trying to do As far as limiting payroll And I actually thought as a major league sports team, that they would try to win. And that's where I was wrong, you know. I thought that they would attempt to win. I also thought that this would work better, you know. I don't know why I thought that it was kind of naive, I guess. I never really thought about it before, but I don't know why I thought it could work to put a whole team together of, you know, rookies on their rookie contract. Um, It's just, that's just not realistic, you know. You have to spend some money and bring in free agents, and this team's not willing to do that. And in addition to that, the draft picks have not been good. The 2019 draft is probably the best chance we have at a decent first-round draft pick. Um, Travis Swaggerty, as we know, is not looking like a good first-round draft. And he never was, really, from the first year when he came out. He never really lit it up with the bat. Then he had some injuries, and now he's just sort of settled into what he is, into like a 270 hitter in AAA and maybe a 220 hitter in the major leagues. 210, 220. Um, he covers about as much ground as Greg Allen. So I don't know if you get like a, an upgrade over Greg Allen, um, but that's kind of who I see him as, Greg Allen. Maybe he's a little bit taller. Um, he's probably better than um, Cal Mitchell. But he has not batted as well in AAA as Cal Mitchell. Now, I'm not sure exactly what that means. You know, There's a lot of guys like Hoy Park who will bat over 300 in AAA, and they just can't hit major league pitching. Um, Cal Mitchell has not been able to consistently hit major league pitching, but it's still pretty early. And the reason that I had some confidence in Cal Mitchell was because you could throw him in as your DH next year, Uh, Because I don't trust his arm in the outfield. You could throw him in as a DH next year and just let him sink or swim. Because we're losing 100 games anyway next year. So we'll see what happens with Cal Mitchell. But that was one draft pick, um, 2018. The 2019 guy I still have a lot of hope for. um, And that is Quinn Priester. Um, 2020, we took Nick Gonzalez. And you know I was a big Nick Gonzalez fan last year because he got red hot from about August through the um, uh, the Arizona Fall League. Red hot, you know, to the point where his OPS was around 950, you know, for the season. Um, he's not gotten that hot this year. And part of it might be that it's double A pitching. I don't know. Um, but he's had, you know, he's had good weeks. But he hasn't really put it together. And the thing with Nick Gonzalez might just be that he's a smaller type hitter. He's probably not going to hit for a lot of power. Um, He's a smallish second baseman. And we have another one of those that we'll get into in just a minute. But he's a smallish second baseman who has a quick bat. But hasn't really hit as much as we were hoping. You know, he strikes out a lot. I don't know if he's trying to hit for power. And I've speculated on this before. Maybe he's trying to swing for home runs and not utilizing that short, quick swing that he has, you know, and hitting above 300, which would be more valuable than just another guy that's going to try to hit home runs and have a low batting average, you know. We already have Diego Castillo. Um, We already have um, Jack. Uh, We just have a ton of those guys, right? Um, Rodolfo Castro. Just We have a lot of guys that, Don't hit for average, will hit home runs. And to some extent, O'Neill Cruz is another one of those guys. I just put him a little bit higher on the shelf. Like, I think O'Neill Cruz is definitely good enough to be your everyday shortstop for the next four years. Um, These other guys are all question marks, you know? And I would put Nick Gonzalez as a question mark. I mean, he might be, he's certainly, we certainly hope that he's better than a Rodolfo Castro, right? Um, We hope that he's better than a Tupacata Marcano, who is a 200 hitter that doesn't have pop. You know, Um, we hope that he's better than G1 Bay. And that's the only one that's like 50-50, right? Is he going to be better than G1 Bay? And the other one is, um, is he going to be better than Laover Poguero, who we might have to move to um, second base? Now, the other option with Laover Poguero would be he could be your DH if Cal Mitchell doesn't work out. But in any case, he's been another disappointment this year Um, in Double A. His OPS has been somewhere around six eighty. You know, really not acceptable. Even though he's super young, you know, not acceptable um, for someone that you would expect to be a major league player. But he is young and he's big, you know. So who knows? You know, I'm not giving up on Lyover Pugero, but. I'm sort of putting him into that mix. Like, if we're going to find a second baseman, the three guys that are left that I would... Con- now, Marcano, he's probably already exposed himself as a bad hitter. So the three guys that I have left would be Juan Bay. Um, you could try Cal Mitchell at second base. I don't think that's going to happen. So Juan Bay, Nick Gonzalez, or Laover Paguero. You know, one of those guys, hopefully, would be good enough to play second base. And then maybe you keep um, Diego Castillo around because he's been he's been able to show that he's an apt shortstop. Um, that, you know, if O'Neill Cruz goes down with an oblique or something for a little while, he could step in there. And I don't think that they're going to pay, um, you know, the shortstop that they've had for several years. Kevin Newman, I think he's probably going to move on to greener pastures, you know, just because the Pirates don't like to pay guys. Um, they'll find a couple guys that they'll pay. But I don't think they'll pay um, him. I don't think they'll pay, um, as I talked in the last episode, um, I don't think they'll pay Ben Gamble. And they might consider paying Michael Chavis because he's a guy, he could be a part-time first baseman kind of guy. He could play part-time second base. He could play some DH. But he's a guy who hits really bad from one side of the field, you know, and he's been striking out more. Like the more at-bats he gets, the more exposed he gets, you know. Pitchers tend to pitch him up and in or even just up, you know. He'll chase balls up. He's always chased balls up, and he really hasn't gotten much better at that. And then a lot of times once he whiffs on a high fastball, they'll go down and away, and he'll look silly, you know, on a curveball. He really doesn't hit off-speed pitching well at all, you know. Uh, And there was a graphic that um, was out about that uh, when they were playing the Mets, just how bad he is against off-speed pitching. And they did make him look bad. You know, Bassett, I think, made him look bad on some off-speed pitches, which, you know, was the reason why they brought that up. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to keep too many of these guys that are going to cost money. Um, You have two other guys that are going to start costing money. Um, You have JT Brubaker and you have Mitch Keller. And my thought is that they'll probably keep one of those guys, you know. Whichever one is willing to take, like a team-friendly extension, they would probably keep. And it's just going to have to be a wait and see, you know. They might trade both of them at max value. I don't know. But the other first-round draft pick that they took um, the next year, let's see, they had Nick Gonzalez. And Henry Davis has been a major disappointment last year. Um, Now, the main disappointment he's been has been um, the injury. But also, if I pull up Henry Davis on baseball reference, and it's not just me that likes baseball reference. Craig from Bucks in the Basement says he really likes baseball reference. A lot of people used to do um, fan graphs, but then they got mad at fan graphs because they weren't ranking the Pirates players very high. And then they got mad at fan graphs because um, the uh, some of the statistics for um, O'Neill Cruz were not very good, you know, as far as his WAR and his WRC So you don't hear as much about fangrafts as you used to from the Pirates fanboys. But nevertheless, um, if I pull up um, his stats, he has a hundred at bats in Double A, which he's a college guy. So double A is really the only thing we could really realistically look at here. In 100 at bats, he has six doubles and two home runs. That two home runs is really light for a catcher. Um, He has um, 11 walks and 22 strikeouts. That is what it is, right? He strikes out about 20% of the time, it's not a big deal. But his batting average is 188 and his um, OPS is 653. So if you just look at that, That's the double-A performance by Henry Davis. He's been a major disappointment, you know, as a first-round pick. Can he turn that around? Yeah. Will he turn that around? I don't know. I mean, at this point, we've seen a decent amount of those two guys, Nick Gonzalez and Henry Davis. And while they might develop into okay players, I think any thought that they might become like a superstar player is probably already out the window. And then this year's first-round pick, Termar, is another um, smallish second baseman. So he's basically Nick Gonzalez, you know. And he has also not lit the world on fire. Um, now, it's a, not a lot of at-bats, right? He's batting two twenty between Rookie League and low A, but it's not a lot of at-bats. And I'm not going to say that those at-bats mean anything, because they don't. But I'm also kind of on the level of Termar as, okay, maybe he'll be a, um, a superstar. But he didn't light it up right off the bat, you know, like some guys do. Like those shortstops that were drafted last year did. And like um, uh, the guy that Washington got after we took Termar, you know, he kind of lit it up from, from the get-go. Mar hasn't lit it up from the get-go. So the skeptical part of me tells me here's another guy that's not going to be a superstar. Um, now there have been a couple good stories this year in the minor leagues and number one by far has been Andy Rodriguez. So if I pull up Andy Rodriguez who everybody will admit he's a much better um, he's a much better catcher defensively than um, Henry Davis. Henry Davis has a good arm. But you know what? Andy Rodriguez throws out everybody, you know? So I think he just has what, what it's called that twitch, what the coaches call it, is that he's able to just um, have a real quick throw, you know? And he has recently been added to the um, Top 100 Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Now, he ha- also has the exact amount of at-bats in A as Henry Davis. Um, now, in those at-bats, he has 10 doubles and eight home runs. So about four times the home runs that Henry Davis has and more doubles, more RBIs. He's also batting three fifty six in AA with a 1.194 OPS. So he's been elite. You know, he's a guy that you could say, all right, superstar perhaps, you know. He looks like he might be a superstar. And he, ca- he came over from the Mets And that was a really good guy that was a throw-in on a trade. It wasn't even with the Mets. I think it was with San Diego. But the Mets were involved with it somehow, like they got a guy. And they threw in Andy Rodriguez. That's been the number one story this year. And then the other story in the minor leagues has been Gorski from the hitting end. I think everybody knows that he hit like 20 home runs this year, and then he got hurt. 20-some home runs, probably. And he was looking like a guy... Consider the fact that he's a second-round draft pick, right? So he's a second-round talent anyway. He looks like a guy that might settle into corner, infield, corner outfield and possibly be better than Jack Suwinski, who, since he's been exposed, he hasn't been hit a lot of home runs either, you know? So he's batting somewhere around 205, and he just hasn't been getting those home run pitches. Again, when I was watching the Mets game, they said that he has a pretty big hole in that swing, you know? He's another guy that struggles with off-speed pitches. And he's got a pretty big hole. And I, guess, I think it's up with him as well. You know, He's got a little bit of, a, um, of an uppercut-type swing. So his issue is on those balls up. So that's disappointing. Because if you talked to me a couple months ago, I would say, let's pencil Jack Sawinski in as our corner outfielder for the next four years. But as I've seen, pitchers adjust to him. And he did so bad in A when they sent him down that I've a little bit soured on him. For me, I would like to see, um, I'm hopeful anyway, that Matt Gorski is a step above Jack Sawinski. And I know that they're both young and anything could happen. And guys develop at different stages and all this stuff. But um, Jack Sawinski just has not been good lately, you know. He's been a guy that looks like pitchers have figured him out. And he has not made the adjustments. So, I don't know what they're going to do if they trade um, Brian Reynolds in the offseason. Because they just don't have enough outfielders, you know. Which is why they should have drafted Elijah Green, but they didn't, you know. So, you're actually counting on probably both those guys, you know. You're probably going to have to have Jack Sawinski and um, Matt Gorski as your corner outfielders. And then your center fielder, as sad as it sounds... It's probably going to either have to... It's probably going to be Swaggerty for a while. And then Gwan Bay will probably play some center field as well, you know. This is the main reason why, you know, I've changed my tune. Like, I don't think this team is ever going to win. And I don't know if they're ever even going to get out of last place in the Ben Sherrington era. And I know that you guys listening to this are scoffing at that. And you're probably laughing at me or whatnot. And you could do whatever you want, you know. I'm just telling you my opinion. And I really believe in it, you know, that this team is just not good enough. Like you're never going to have enough guys up here. You're always going to be trading guys at max value and bringing up new prospects. And you just don't draft well enough to do that, you know, like you could have a guy like Justin Mize have a good outing and a good run in double A. But if you look at his overall um, picture so far, he's been like a four and a half ERA guy, you know. Are we really going to believe that he's going to pitch well in the major leagues? You know, guys that I'm more convinced will be able to pitch well in the major leagues are the guys that are on the top 100 list for major league baseball prospects. And not just because they're on the list, but because I've seen them pitch well. And that's Quinn Priester and Mike Burroughs. So if you add those guys to um, Roanza Contreras, at least you might, when they're healthy, have a good one, two, three but you're just not going to have enough hitting with this team to ever get out of last place. And the reason I say that is because the Cincinnati Reds really have some good hitters, you know? Like, they really have some good young hitters coming around. Like, you know that they have... If I just look at their lineup today, um, you know that they have um, uh, Jonathan India, who was the um, Rookie of the Year last year. They also have this other guy I noticed has been really hot lately, TJ Friedel. He's 27 years old, and he has an OPS over eight this season in 150 at bats. That's higher, much higher than even um, O'Neill Cruz. Like, we don't have anybody, any young player with an OPS that high. And then the other young outfielder they have is Fraley, and his OPS is 814, also in 150 at bats. So, I mean, those two guys are better than what we have. You know what I mean? So I know that they play in a, in a home park that is good for OPS. But they're just in a better condition. They're just in a better shape. You know, they're, um, their minor league system ranks higher than ours does. Their minor league players have performed higher than ours has. So, and they also have a lot of good young rookie pitching, you know. They have like three or four good guys that are rookies this year that are probably, to be honest just as good as Michael Burroughs and Quinn Priester and, you know, whoever else you might throw in there. I don't know that they have anybody as good as Rowan Contreras, but if they do, it's probably Nick, Nick, Nick Lodolo um, because Hunter Green is injured a lot. But I don't know how we're ever going to get out of last place when the Chicago Cubs have all kinds of money to spend, and they're already better than us. And their farm system, in some places, it's ranked a little better than the Pirates'. In most places, it's ranked a little worse than the Pirates. But the Cubs will go out and bring on free agents, and that's not something the Pirates are going to do. And then the Brewers, you know, they, they're going to have to get rid of some of this pitching at some point. But the good thing about the Brewers is they have spent a lot of money in international scouting, and they spend more money than us in the major league team. That I just don't know how we're ever going to get out of last place, you know, at least until we get a, a better general manager. Because this guy is just going to keep digging, you know, out of the dumpsters and always bringing on new dumpster guys, bringing them on, dumping them, bringing them on, dumping them, bringing them on, dumping them. His drafts haven't been very good. And I just don't see how this team can ever get out of the cellar. You know, they might finish fourth one of these years. Maybe it's 2025. Maybe it's 2026. I don't know. But it's not looking good, you know. Something has to change. And this has been a bad year for the Pirates. And that's why I'm laying into them 24-7 on my Twitter feed. Uh, Don't forget to check out Three Rivers Apparel. Peace.